our beloved chiropractic profession faces challenges like never before. These challenges come from not only outside the profession, but also from within. Hi, I'm Dr. Bobby Braille, and I've had the opportunity to see this profession as a practitioner, a teacher, an administrator, and a politician. In my over 40 years in chiropractic, I've just about seen it all. Join me on Cairo Rants for an honest and no-holds-barred discussion about all aspects of chiropractic practice, politics, education, and philosophy. We'll talk about subjects that most only want to whisper about, and we'll interview the leaders in our profession to get some straight-up answers. If you're looking for a politically correct chiropractic discussion, this is not the place. Welcome to Cairo Rants. Welcome to Cairo Rants, and this is a very special Cairo Rants edition. It's a few days later than our normal release, um, and it's coming out on September the 18th. Now, that's significant for those of you who are chiropractors who at least know something about the history of our profession. This particular September 18, 2020, is the 125th anniversary of the discovery of chiropractic. And so I thought I might take a few minutes here to reflect on the history of our profession and to rant just a little bit about the history of our profession. Uh, I've been involved in that history for the last 42 years since I graduated. I started when I was six years old. You're not, you're not buying that one, are you? In any event, I've been in this profession for quite some time. Uh, when I graduated in uh, 1978, I was the youngest practicing chiropractor in the state of Florida. I did graduate when I was 22 years old. You can't do that now. And started my practice shortly after I turned 23, like 23 in two months. So, and I was one of the young ones back then. And uh, it's been glorious. Now, you know, some of the things, let, let's just recap because I'm sure there are people listening who don't know. And uh, this is one of my rants. You know, I have had the privilege and the opportunity of having well over 100 interns and externs in my career. I might even be a couple of hundred at this point. I don't count anymore. But uh, the one thing that I do when a young doctor who's either in school, if they're an intern, or prior to this, when I was in Florida, they had an externship program, it means after graduation before licensure. I would usually do a little drill with them uh, about the history of our profession, such as, okay, when was chiropractic discovered? Now, I was surprised to find out, and more recently shocked to find out, how many don't know that. In other words, we're here talking about the anniversary of chiropractic, September 18th, uh, and I'll ask a, you know, a chiropractic student, and it's, by the way, a majority at this point, and I'm talking about students out of life who I would have an expectation would know this better, uh, when did, was chiropractic discovered, and they can't tell me. Or if they tell me September 18th, okay, what year? And I'll get like 1880, 1945. It was like, you know, all over the place. Um, no, 1895, okay. Now, you know, my more astute students, those are more of a, a study of our profession. I would then go to the next question, where? Oh, wow. Was it Canada? Was it uh, Minnesota? 
no, it was Iowa, Davenport, Iowa. And, and you know, I, I'd get a handful who would know that. Okay, Davenport, Iowa. Okay, next step, where in Davenport? Oh, well, I don't know that. You know, I, I've, I haven't run into one who does. Corner of second and Brady. Now, and I've been, I learned that uh, the Ryan, Ryan Block building, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to do a long history lesson here for everyone on the call, but you should know your history. You know, I tell the students, I say, look, you are going to be practicing this for the rest of your life. You've invested a ton of money, in many cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you're investing years of your life just to get the ticket to ride. And you don't know how this thing started. You don't know about it. What about the first patient? Yeah, he was deaf, wasn't he? Yeah, cool. That much most of them know. But, you know, what was his name? Harvey Lillard. You know, and, and I've been blessed in this profession years ago. Dr. Sid Williams uh, put together a team and they went out and found Harvey Lillard's tombstone, his original gravestone, the marker which, by the way, was spelt wrong. There was no D on the end of Lillard. So in contacting the family, uh, the Life Foundation and Dr. Sid had a proper monument made up for Harvey Lillard with the family's permission and placed at his burial site um, with a nice monument listing him as the first patient in chiropractic. Uh, the original one, I have pictures of it. I had the privilege of seeing it at Dr. Sid Williams' house. I'm not sure 100% where it is right now since the passing of Dr. Sid and Nell. Uh, I'm guessing it's with the Archives and the Life Foundation, but uh, uh, I've had the privilege of seeing that original and touch it and take pictures of it, so I have in my own little photo archives that. But it's a chilling thing. Now, you know, when I was new in chiropractic, and I learned the history of chiropractic and learned about Davenport, Iowa. I can tell you honestly, I had never been to Davenport. I went to school in New York, and the idea of going to Iowa was like, why? What's in Iowa? Other than Palmer College. And, you know, so it was many years before I got to go to Davenport, Iowa. In fact, it was the centennial was the first time I ever went to Davenport, Iowa, the centennial being in 1995. And because of the political whatever, there were two centennial celebrations. One at the right time, September 18th weekend, in Davenport where it was discovered. And that was more of the uh, International Carp, the ICA's celebration. And then there was a separate ACA celebration held in Washington at a different time. Now, don't ask me why that was done that way. I can't foresee the idea of celebrating chiropractic in somewhere where it wasn't founded and on a date it wasn't founded. But political be it as it may, that's what happened. The two groups had their own celebrations. The the ICA one had thousands of chiropractors there. I mean, it was, it was jam-packed with chiropractors from all over the world. And honestly, walking around that celebration uh, I was in awe. At that point, I was the president-elect of the ICA. I was not ICA president yet. A couple of months later, I'd be sworn in. But I was president-elect. And interestingly enough, if, I had to, if there was one rock star there, one person where if he walked out on the street, people ran to get their picture with him, and he was always surrounded by a mob of people who wanted to get pictures and talk to him, that was Dr. Sid Williams. 
He didn't go anywhere where there wasn't a crowd surrounding him and they wanted to see him and get their picture taken or take a picture. It was like at that time Michael Jackson was walking around. I mean, for chiropractic, it was that crazy because they were all over him. Um, unique little sidebar was that was the first time that a chiropractor actually came up to me and asked me for my autograph. And I like looked at him, I looked at him and said, what? You can have your autograph? Um, why? Because you're going to be ICA president. Now, I, I, it had, the gravity of that hadn't hit me, but I actually had to sign a few autographs that weekend, which was uniquely strange for me because that's not normally who I am. But it was an interesting time of event. And that was 100 years. And I remember as a young student thinking, damn, I'll be old when we get to the 100-year anniversary. Well, we're at 125, and I'm still hanging out. So, okay, I must really be old now. But in any event, moving forward, you know, I'm, I'm astounded to see how many chiropractors don't know, uh, especially young ones, especially students, don't know about our, our wonderful history. You may decide from a philosophical standpoint that you don't choose to follow the original tenets of chiropractic, and I would argue with you strenuously against that, but that's a separate concept. Not to know where we came from, not to know our history, not to know even when and where it was discovered, is untenable. I mean, I talk to students all the time and, and I ask them some simple questions like, okay, you know, or, or we mentioned like green books and they go, what's a green book? You know, other than the color, you know, they don't know BJ wrote green books. Um, when I ask chiropractic students about, and I, and I specifically know this can only come from certain schools, but I'll ask those students from those schools, do you, uh, how many chiropractic principals are there? And the students are totally stumped. They don't know there's 33. They can't name any of them. They don't know what the major premise is. And it bothers me that we are in a profession that has changed so many lives, and yet so many don't know the history of it. I mean, does it impact how you take care of patients? Well, it probably does from your own soul, from your own, your own standpoint. From a clinical standpoint, probably not. But it's important. Now, you know, I mentioned that 18, uh, the 1995 centennial um, celebration. And when I was there, they had an unveiling of a plaque at the corner of 2nd and Brady in front of the new building that's there. The old Ryan Block building's long since gone. But they, uh, put a, they unveiled a plaque there, and that plaque commemorates the first chiropractic adjustment. It's a metal plaque, a big metal plaque, like one of the historical plaques that you see in different historical places throughout the United States on a nice solid metal pole. And it's at the corner there. And I tell you what, they unveiled it. There were a lot of people gathered around, so I could barely see it at that point. But during the course of the weekend, I got to go over there and touch it. And, you know, immediately the sense, uh, my eyes welled up. I get, I get that way thinking about it now, is that there was an entire sense that my entire life the dedication of my purpose in life has to do with what this sign is talking about. If it wasn't for that event, my life is something totally different. My whole being, my purpose is something totally different if it not for that sign. Now, after that date, I had the opportunity to fly into Davenport to speak at Palmer uh, for future lyceums. And probably a dozen times after that, I've gone up there. And every single time that I flew in there, the very first thing I would do, park the car, usually at the hotel across the street, there was a Radisson there, or whatever it is, I'm not sure what it is anymore. 
and walk across the street to the plaque and touch the plaque before I even check into the hotel room. Walk across the street and touch the plaque. And every time I get an emotional response, every time my eyes well up, every time it reminds me that the events that took place here over 100 years ago in the times I was going there are the events that defined where my life is going. You know, I'm Bobby Braille, a chiropractor. I've had the, the privilege and blessing of, of helping thousands and tens of thousands of people because of what started on that corner. And, you know, sometimes we don't, we just kind of go along. I went to school, got my training, got my sheepskin, I'm doing my thing, I'm making my money. Yeah, but let's, let's reflect back a little bit. Let's, let's reflect on the guys and the gals who did this in the early years without the license, the ones who got arrested. You know, I can remember Carl Cleveland uh, III talking about his grandfather, how they used to, you know, have the doorway set up so that when somebody knocked on the door, they could peek out the side window to see if it was the police to come arrest him, arrest him again because he got arrested for practicing medicine without a license, even though he's practicing chiropractic. And, and I had the privilege and blessing of of, of hearing and speaking with Herbert Ross Reaver, the most jailed chiropractor, and with the last jailed chiropractor, Dr. Nasser. You know, it, it's funny, but we must realize that, and this is, it wasn't ancient time when I was there. When I went to school, I graduated in 1978. Chiropractic was illegal in Louisiana until 1974. Like the year before I got into chiropractic school, it was still illegal. In fact, Dr. Nasser was uh, um, convicted of practicing medicine without a license. Then the law changed, making it legal, and they still sent him to jail because he had been convicted while it was illegal. So he actually had to serve some time in jail after he had gotten his okay to do it. You know, that, that's kind of hardcore. How many of us would even do I mean, I'm not talking about carpenters going to jail for insurance fraud. I'm talking about for being the good guy, for doing the right thing, for practicing chiropractic and you still get arrested. You know, I mean, th their sacrifice was, was absolutely amazing. And we need to, you know, we need to cherish our history. We need to cherish the history that we've had, you know, from 1895 till now. I mean, D.D. Palmer and all that went on and, and learn about, you know, yes, he was a character. So was B.J. In fact, in chiropractic, we've had a lot of characters. I've had the privilege of knowing quite a few. It's probably the richness that adds to our heritage. Some people will say, oh, we don't, we don't want to talk about that. No, celebrate it. <laughs> celebrate the fact that we had some very interesting characters in chiropractic. Celebrate the fact that B.J. Palmer had alligators in the basement of the mansion that he lived in, which is now part of Palmer College. You know, yes, yes, he had alligators living there until his wife Mabel made him get rid of them because I believe the smell was getting a little bit foul. Now, you know, I'm not eccentric enough to have alligators, but my wife looks at me because we do have Galapagos Island tortoises, which in the wintertime stay in my basement. And they're actually, they're 300 and something pounds, so they're heavier than an alligator. They're probably heavier than most alligators. But... Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little extravagant on certain things myself. I didn't do it because of BJ. I happen to like turtles and tortoises. But that's a side story. You know, but I've had the privilege of knowing and, and being in contact with some of the greats in our profession. Certainly, Sid Williams was one of the largest, if not the largest, influence in my life 
in chiropractic, uh, first from dynamic essential meetings. And then, you know, I didn't go to Life University. Life was getting started when I went into school. And at the time, you could not get a license in the state of New York or Florida in the very beginning if you came out of life. And New York was a requirement for me as far as getting a license. I never practiced a day there. Uh, and Florida was, and I, I wound up practicing in Florida for many years before moving up to Georgia. So, you know, I had the privilege of, of knowing Dr. Sid. He was my mentor, my teacher in many avenues in chiropractic. But I also got to know and meet a lot of other chiropractors who had large impacts on me. Dr. Fred Barge was one of my close friends and mentors. Uh, and it, it was wonderful to not only hear him speak, but to learn from the master. Uh, Dr. Pierce, Dr. Vern Pierce. Uh, what a wonderful individual he was with a, with a unique voice for those who ever heard a recording of him or heard him personally. Uh, I spent a week at his clinic um, training in the Pierce technique, training in, in motion x-rays that he was teaching back in the day. I knew Dr. Glenn Stillwagon very well. Uh, he, he was a, a wonderful, kind, loving individual. And he would come to life a lot when I was teaching at life for a short time. And we'd sit down and I, I cherished the long talks I got to have with him. You know, so there were a lot of individuals in chiropractic that I had the opportunity. Dr. Larry Webster. You know, I know there's, you know, the ICPs out there and they're, and they're teaching, uh, uh, you know, pediatric chiropractic. And, uh, of course, for the longest time, it was ran by the now late uh, Dr. Jeannie Ohm, who was also a special sister to me. I uh, used to be on the road with her a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, so Larry Webster, who started that whole movement, um, was a wonderful individual. He's called like the, the, the grandfather of chiropractic pediatrics. And uh, interestingly enough, before there was a certification in Webster Technique, I learned Webster Technique from Dr. Webster. <laughs> there was no certification. He just taught it as part of teaching pediatrics. So it was a wonderful thing. But we, we have to recognize our history and cherish it. And, and, you know, today being the day you're listening is being the 18th of September, 125 years. Now, we could have all kinds of discussions and arguments on where we should be now. That, that's totally academic and not overly important. The question should be, where do we go from here? You know, there are chiropractors who say things like, uh, you know, well, we need to leave the past in the past and move ahead. And I agree with that, but we're confusing certain things. You see, I've always thought that the longer a principle is valid, the longer a principle is in use, the more important, the more validity it gets, the more uh, strength it gets. Science, on the other hand, is opposite that. The longer a scientific study has been out, the less valid it is. You want a more modern study. You want something that's more current that validates your points scientifically. So they kind of have an inverse relationship. So the idea of, you know, we have to give up our principles to adopt modern science, I think that's inversely wrong. I think you could maintain the principles and understanding, but the application of that, the scientific portion of that should advance. But the idea that the body heals itself, that nerve interference interferes with the body's ability to heal itself, and that by correction of nerve interference, the subluxation, through whatever definition you can give that scientifically, you know, by correction, that allows the innate abilities of the body to heal itself. Um, this is something that was true in 1895. This is something that is true every day today. I mean, this is how I teach my patients. And this is how I get results. Uh, there's nothing greater in chiropractic. And for those of you who, who are in practice and you know this, 
then you give that first adjustment and you know from that point forward their life has changed and they know their life has changed. Their world is rocked because of that very first adjustment you gave them. You know, the world got rocked when Dee Dee gave Harvey Lillard a first adjustment. And there's some argument of whether or not the first or the third before Harvey got his hearing back, but I would imagine, uh, just based upon thinking about it, if Harvey got an adjustment and nothing changed immediately, he probably wouldn't have gone back to try a procedure that nobody had ever done before. <laughs> unless, unless Dee Dee was very good at convincing him to come back a few times. But I, I'm guessing that there was some sort of a response immediately. But think about it. Here we have an individual who regained his hearing after 17 years of not being able to hear because of the very crude first chiropractic adjustment. And from there, our profession has grown. We have changed the lives of millions. Where do we have to go from here? Well, yeah, we have to continue to grow and spread the message. And I know people say we have to get into the mainstream. Well, I agree we have to become mainstream. I don't think we have to change to do that. The mainstream needs to be where we are. We don't need to change to be where the mainstream is because the mainstream, especially in the United States, is drugs. And, hey, is the United States the healthiest nation? That's an easy one. No. You know, do we lead the world in any category as far as good health goes? I mean, we lead it in a lot of negative categories, but not as far as good health goes. So, you know, following that means all you want to do is get more money by being more accepted and getting better insurance payment. That's a different discussion. And I also don't think that's the right way to go. We want to change lives. We want to change the consciousness of people about health, about how they think about wellness, about how they think about their nerve systems controlling things. You know, we're in the middle of this, uh, and I keep saying middle because I, who knows how long this thing stretches on for, this whole uh, pandemic thing that we see on the news every day and hear about all the time and all the people that have died and the, the tragedy there. And, and I still don't hear discussions about the immune system, about nerve supply affecting the immune system. You know, in fact, uh, chiropractors have been uh, told not to say something by the uh, uh, FCC because they connecting, they said they were trying to claim that you can cure COVID with an adjustment, and nobody says that, you know. Uh, if I can say one of the things over the years that chiropractic was criticized on, and, and in my experience, this was people who didn't understand chiropractic or who misinterpreted what a chiropractor said, uh, was the idea that chiropractors treat diseases. In the earliest of days of chiropractic, and I'm talking prior to 1926, that terminology was probably used, you know, treatment of this, treatment of that with a chiropractic adjustment. After 1926, and by that I mean the 33 principles and Stevenson's text on philosophy. Oh, for those of you who have no idea what that is, it's part of our history. But after that point, it was pretty well codified that what chiropractors do is correct interference of the nerve system to allow the body to function at a higher level, allow innate, the body's own innate healing abilities to do the healing. Chiropractors didn't claim to treat or cure things. You know, from a terminology standpoint, you may want to say we treat people with this thing. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not arguing that point one way or the other. But in actuality, I'm not treating a disease entity in a person Yet I know from correcting a subluxation in that person that their nervous system functions at a better level and therefore their body can then address, treat whatever term you want to have, their health issues, their health concerns. Um, my job is to normalize as much as possible by removal of subluxation so that there is less interference in the nerve system, if any, 
and allow the body's innate ability to do its best. That's what I've always seen chiropractic as. That's what I've always understood it to be. That's what I read it in the green books to be, is the removal of nerve interference, subluxation, to allow the body to function better. And from a historical standpoint, I think from about the 20s, as I said, mid-20s through now, that has been a tried and true principle. Now, you know, the understanding of a subluxation has changed. You know, I mean, you know, later on it became there were component parts to it. There are many things to the nerve system. There are different models of subluxation. I'm okay with all that. That's fine. It didn't change my principal understanding. I'm not married to a hard bone pinch in a nerve. That's a nice explanation. And it may or may not be 100% accurate and probably not 100% accurate. I understand that. It doesn't change the fact that a subluxation exists and that interference in any fashion to the nervous system affects homeostasis and well-being in a human being. And in fact, when that's affected, they cannot function, they cannot fight disease, they cannot heal as well. That's all there. That doesn't change. As our physiological understanding and science improves, we'll get a better understanding of that. But the principal part of that doesn't change. The application of it, our adjusting has gotten better. There are new techniques. Now, granted, some of the tried and true techniques that have been around for decades are still wonderful. And it bothers me to see that chiropractors and young chiropractors and students get away from that, get away from the idea of being specific about their adjusting. I mean, we had as our guest not too long ago, Dr. Julie Meyer Hunt from the Tampa area from Florida. And, you know, you talk about a specific upper cervical chiropractic adjustment and the ability to verify that and then watch it on dynamic MRIs and see the changes in the cerebral spinal fluid. Our science has advanced quite some bit, you know, as opposed to just crack them, crunch them, and hope it feels better. You know, more mobilization, it feels better. Let's crunch them. And then, you know, uh, as a student, I used to have a, chiro a chiropractor say, you want to play the piano on the spine? You know, or Fred Barge, who's one of his favorite sayings was, wreck them, crack them, and hang them by the heels. You know, I think not, <laughs> for those who remember Fred Barge's voice. But, you know, we have advanced in chiropractic. We should advance in the science of chiropractic. You know, the philosophy, however, we just need to get better at understanding, and we have to understand our history to do so. You know, this coming day, this September 18th, as we're listening to this, whether you're listening to it on September 18th or shortly afterwards, this is a celebration. It's not only a celebration of what we are, it's a celebration of how we got here. It's a celebration of our history, of our rich history. So it, it, it has to be said that in order to celebrate this properly, you should know about it. What pains me is that I'm guessing that more than half of the chiropractors will go right through this coming September 18th, which is on a Friday, which in most cases, many chiropractors in practice, and it will never dawn on them that everything they are, the house they live in, the cars they drive, the money they have, the job, the, the thank you from patients, everything that is them about this profession started 125 years ago on the corner of 2nd Street and Brady in Davenport, Iowa. If we do nothing else on September 18th, we need to take time, reflect on that, how important that is, and how 
that little thing, that little event that could have just not happened. What if Harvey Lillard wasn't cleaning that day or didn't work in that building or something was different or Didi just didn't hear him? There's so many things that could have been done differently and your life would be different. You wouldn't be listening to this. You wouldn't be in your office. Things would be different completely for you and your family. So take a few minutes today. Spend a little time in reflection. Maybe pick up a book on the history of chiropractic or a green book. Or watch a video on YouTube. There are lots of good videos on YouTube. You're not going to see the first adjustment because there was no video of the first adjustment. But you can see some other historical videos. Spend a little time and think about and respect and appreciate the fact that September 18th is our 125th birthday of chiropractic, the thing that we are. Thank you for listening to Cairo Rants. Thank you for listening to Cairo Rants. Subscribe for free and listen to insightful, truthful, and hard-hitting discussions with some of the biggest names in chiropractic. Cairo Rants is sponsored in part by Now You Know Online and in-office educational services. Learn how to expand your educational outreach to your patients and your community at www.nowyouknow.net. The opinions of Cairo Rants are exclusively those of Dr. Braille and do not reflect the opinions of any associations, groups, institutions, or sponsors mentioned in these podcasts. This has been Cairo Rants.